Here we go. West Hills Friends is a Quaker meeting in Portland, Oregon. You can find more information about our community at westhillsfriends.org. As a Quaker community, we encourage everyone to share from their hearts, especially as it pertains to God's leading in their lives. These words are shared into a community that values the opportunity to respond and dialogue about what is said. The responses and dialogue are not included in this recording. The views expressed in this content are solely those of the original contributors. And do not necessarily speak for the entire West Hills Friends community. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. Have a wonderful day. Scripture reading today comes from Matthew's Gospel. If you'd like to read along with the Bible that's in the bench in front of you, the page number is printed on the front of your bulletin. Jesus said, You've heard that it was said, Love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be children of God in heaven. God causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good and sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteous. All the fancy angels carry swords or musical instruments or banners. You may have noticed this in paintings. But did you know that the angels closest to God can't carry anything? The blazing seraphim use all six of their wings to hide themselves from God's glory. Those at the highest level of divine bureaucracy spend all of their time hiding. Far down the chain of command, angels of the lowest order carry coffee and donuts. If you can see what an angel carries, you'll know something important about that heavenly being's place in the hierarchy. One day, an angel entered the garden of creation. She carried a clipboard. For the record, this places her above the angels who carry coffee, but below the angels who startle your cats for no good reason. <laughs> As she walked through the garden of creation, the angel came to a pond at the edge of the forest. Near the center of the pond, a turtle was sunning itself on the broad shoulder of a fallen log. Greetings, said the angel. Hello, said the turtle. It's not every day an angel comes to visit my pond. I suppose you're here for a reason. That's true, said the angel. She brandished her clipboard and said, I'm here to ask you a question for the permanent record. Will you answer truly and to the best of your ability? Well, sure, said the turtle. What's your question? 
The angel cleared her throat and read from the clipboard. <clears throat> what have you learned from your enemies? The turtle frowned and considered his answer. Oh, yes, said the turtle. Oh, on this matter, I can speak with some authority. I have learned a thing or two over the years. I've learned that my enemies attack me where I'm soft. They will claw and scratch and bite, but if I make myself impenetrable, they'll go away and bother someone else. As the turtle spoke, the angel recorded his answer on her clipboard. You have learned to be impenetrable, said the angel. Yup, agreed the turtle. <laughs> I've learned to slip inside my shell and wait for my enemies to go away. Satisfied with her notes, the angel bowed to the turtle. Thank you, she said, you've been very helpful. The turtle waved farewell and the angel departed from the pond. As the angel walked through the garden of creation, she entered a grove of oak trees. Sunlight passed through the gnarled branches to dapple the underbrush below. Suddenly, the brush trembled and a wild boar emerged. The beast was nearly 400 pounds with a scruffy mane and sharp tusks that curled away from her snout. Shove off, said the boar. The angel ignored this rude remark and said, good day, in her most pleasant voice. It will be a better one when you leave, growled the boar. Then let us resolve our business quickly, the angel suggested. I'm here to ask you a question for the permanent record. Would you answer truly and to the best of your ability? With a snort of resignation, the boar said, Fine. The angel asked, what have you learned from your enemies? I've learned that my enemies can bleed, said the boar. The beast snapped her jaws so her upper tusks scissored against the lower ones. My enemies are reluctant to attack what they fear. I keep my tusks sharp so my enemies will fear me. The angel recorded this answer on her clipboard. You have learned to be fierce, said the angel. I have learned to be deadly, grinned the boar unnervingly. On her clipboard, the angel scratched out the word fierce and wrote in the word deadly. <laughs> the boar grunted his approval. As she continued on her way through the garden of creation, the angel, angel found herself surrounded by taller and taller trees. Less sunlight was able to pierce the canopy overhead. In the dim light, the angel spotted a moth resting against the bark of one nearby tree. Greetings, said the angel. The moth was so surprised that he almost fell from his perch. The moth pressed himself against the uneven surface of the tree. The pattern on his wings was an exact match for the mottled bark that surrounded him. To the normal eye, he would have been invisible, but angels have a way of seeing what is hidden from the rest of us. The angel said, fear not. I'm here to ask you a question for the permanent record. Will you answer truly and to the best of your ability? 
Okay, whispered the moth. Wonderful, said the angel. You're doing very well. Here's my question. What have you learned from your enemies? I've learned the importance of camouflage, said the moth. My enemies can't attack what they can't see. Very good, said the angel. You have learned to go unnoticed. Okay, said the moth. <laughs> the angel walked deeper into the forest. The trees grew taller and taller. At last, she found herself in the presence of a giant cedar. It was the biggest tree that she'd ever seen. The trunk was like a village of trees, all pressed together. There was an entire forest in that one singular ancient tree. The angel thought about asking her question to the tree, but trees are very thoughtful and slow to respond. So instead, the angel simply allowed herself to wonder, can some things grow beyond the reach of any enemy? Just then, there was a loud groan. It sounded like the door at the center of the universe was swinging open on rusted hinges. The giant cedar tree started to topple. It fell slowly at first, then gained speed as it went down. The venerable tree snapped through the branches and trunks of its neighbors. Each collision was like cannon fire. When the massive cedar tree hit the earth, it was too heavy to bounce. It landed like a meteor embedding itself in the soil. In numbers too numerous to enumerate, carpenter ants swarmed over the newly formed stump. The angel was impressed. Who would have guessed that a towering cedar tree could be toppled by ants? The angel regarded the ants. The elaborate pa pattern of their tunnels was exposed. Some ants moved quickly to move their larvae to more protected areas. Some ants crawled over the side of the stump, flashing their antenna in urgent reappraisal. The angel wondered about the relationship between the tree and these ants. Were they enemies? Did the tree learn anything from the ants? Is that how it works? A twig snapped beneath the foot of an approaching Quaker. The Quaker had wandered into the forest, drawn to investigate the apocalyptic sounds of snapping tree trunks. She was surprised to see an angel examining the massive trunk of the fallen cedar. The angel was just as surprised to see a Quaker. Greetings, said the angel. The Quaker replied, greetings, angel of the clipboard. What brings thee to the garden of creation? I am here, the angel explained, to ask a question for the permanent record. Will you answer truthfully and to the best of your ability? I will answer thee in truth, agreed the Quaker, just as I would answer anyone. The angel asked, what have you learned from your enemies? Or perhaps you've outgrown them all. I have enemies, the Quaker admitted. 
Even if I hold no animosity in my heart, I am opposed by others. I am accused sometimes. The angel nodded as if she expected that this was the case. Then what have you learned from these enemies of yours? The Quaker responded with obvious enthusiasm. I do learn from my enemies, she said. They help me see what I would not see without them. At first, my enemies tend to be a mystery to me. But that mystery gives me hope. If I can understand my enemy, then I will have a more complete understanding of the truth. Your enemies must be very wise, said the angel. Not really, the Quaker replied. Sometimes when I listen for their most compelling arguments, I realize I'm going to have to make them even stronger. I will have to call their fears by a more persuasive name. I will have to reframe their concerns so that they will resonate for me. I have to imagine what it would take for me to be one of them. That leap of imagination is an act of love. It is an act of love to imagine myself as one of them. The angel consulted her clipboard. This is highly unusual, she said. Hiding can help you survive. Fighting can help you survive. But how does loving your enemy help you survive? The Quaker replied, our story doesn't have to be about survival. From our enemies, we can learn how not to be enemies anymore. We can listen for a truth that is larger than ourselves. In a speech about the Vietnam War, Martin Luther King said, here is the true meaning and value of compassion and nonviolence. When it helps us to see the enemy's point of view, to hear his questions, to know his assessment of ourselves. For from his view, we may indeed see the basic weakness of our own condition. And if we are mature, we may learn and grow and profit from the wisdom of the brothers who are called the opposition. What have you learned from your enemies? Are you reinforcing the lessons that you already know? Or can you make the leap of love to learn something new about yourself, about your enemies, about the way God is working in the world. What have you learned from your enemies?